Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. All right, so let's jump into the Word. Look, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me. That's, that's my spiel. It's done. All right. Let's jump into the Word before anybody else gets mad. All right. All right, so we've been in this series, Living on a Prayer, for the last few weeks, and we've been talking about prayer really for the last month, and this is the, the fifth week of this series, Living on a Prayer. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, and I'm going to ask my guests to go, on, go on ahead and come up. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 reads like this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. If you have a real Bible, Bible that makes the noise, right? Stick something in there in in Ephesians chapter six. Everybody else will turn with me quickly uh, to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, and we're going to look at uh, verses 26 to 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. If you don't have your Bible, obviously you can look on the screens here. For those of you watching at home, you've already seen the, the, the scriptures come up at the bottom of the screen here. And we also put all of our notes, all my notes up in the Bible app, uh, the Version Bible app. You can go and check that out and see. You can follow along. We keep the notes up all week so that you can actually study on your own uh, what the Lord is speaking to you. Romans chapter 8, And verse 26 reads like this. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We're closing out this series, Living on a Prayer, still in the line from Bon Jovi that says, you live for the fight. 
You live for the fight. Bow your heads, let me pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that we have to study your word. God, I pray that as we dig into your word, Lord, that, man, just the, the words on the page, God, that they would come alive to us, that, that your scripture would show us how faithful and great and, and amazing that you are, God, in, in every way. Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts in this moment, that, man, we can just experience you and experience what you're trying to show us through the word, whether that be a challenge or an, or, or an encouragement. God, I pray that you would open our ears to, man, to hear everything that we need to hear from you today, God. And Lord, I pray that in this moment that I decrease, Lord, that you increase, that your presence would be felt so powerfully through the words that are spoken today, that they might lead someone to want to know you. And we give you the glory, God, and we thank you for all you're doing in our lives. And in Jesus' name, we say, amen. amen. Going to take my seat here, and I am joined today by two amazing, amazing, amazing people, uh, Stephanie Reynolds, who is the wife of Joe Reynolds and the mother of three of the most amazing boys that you ever want to meet in your life. Um, and man, Steph, uh, does she's over experience on our pastoral team here, does just so many things. And so Steph's going to be helping me out today, and as well, Mr. Jamar Dawson, who I've known literally for his entire life. Um, and we just so happen to end up in the same places all the time. We've lived in three different cities at the same time. Um, and uh, our families have been family friends for forever, but Jamar is a man on our pastoral staff as well, over our security team, is the, the, the dad of two twin girls. And they're awesome. And they're so cute. And uh, his amazing wife is a great dad and a great father. And so I'm, I'm honored to have both of them here speaking with me today. And uh, let me just uh, set up kind of where we've been in the series and, and where we're going today. Um, so we prayed for 21 days, and we've been kind of in this season of prayer, and we've been attempting to really drive home uh, just the, the point that as a believer, prayer is and should be right, the essential component of your spiritual life. That prayer is just, it's just important for, for you, for you, to, for you to live, for you to survive, for you to do everything that you're going to do. And you, you, really what we want you to think about it is almost like air and water. That if you're not praying, literally your survival, your spiritual survival depends on you praying, on you spending time with God, of you connecting with him. And look, yes, prayer is communicating with God. But more than that, our communication and interaction with him is actually what sustains us. So just like water, if you stop drinking water for a period of time, you could, you could die. And the same thing with prayer, right? If, if you cut yourself off from the Lord, you could actually spiritually die. And we don't want you to do that because we believe that God wants to do amazing things for you. And that's why we're saying, look, your life should be lived in a way, you should be praying in a way that you're actually living on a prayer, that you are fully and totally dependent upon your connection and communication with God to the point that it actually helps you live. That's how much we think uh, prayer is important to you. And that's why I asked Jamar and, and, and Steph to come help out today because they're two people that I know that it's, man, this isn't just lip service. They actually live their prayers. And so, man, I'm going to start off with this question just about their personal prayer life. I think I started with Steph last time, so I'll start with you first, Jamar. Man, how have you grown just in your own personal prayer life? And, and what would you say was the biggest factor to your growth? Sure. So for me, 
I've for a very long time used the Lord's Prayer as the foundation. And as you guys know, there's the component of uh, worship, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then there's the asking for God's will to be done. Then there's give us this day our daily bread. That's where most people ask, God, this is what I want. Give me this and this, this. And then there's the asking for forgiveness, Lord, and then the closing. Well, I was spending, a when I took inventory of my prayer, I realized I was spending a lot of time on the give us this day our daily bread, God. I want this. And I wasn't just asking for bread. I was asking for the whole smorgasbord, plus the dessert, plus the after party stuff. Lord, I want this. And, and Lord God, I want my kids to be able to uh, make so much money. We could retire at 37 and all this other stuff. And it was just like, hold on a second. I, when I looked at the Old Testament, when I looked at the New Testament, I see that prayer, that the first component of the Lord's Prayer is praise. And praise sets the tone. Mm. It sets our posture. It really gives God some elbow room to move and make things happen. That's good. And so I said, I need to spend a lot more time thanking you, Lord. The stuff that I haven't even realized that you've done. Thank you for that, Lord God. You are yeah. holy. You are set apart, Lord God. You are righteous, Lord God. And you go before me, Lord God, and behind me and all around me, Lord God. And when I start praising God, it sets the tone. And then the next component of, Lord, I need your will to be done. Mm. Lord God, I want this and I want that and I want to be. But Lord God, may your will be done and man i want to be known as it but lord may your will be done yeah. and when those things are in place when my my posture is in alignment and my thoughts are in alignment and my desires become i'm really looking at god's desires not my own mm. the rest of the prayer the rest of the things that i'm asking for are revolutionized and they have to be level set to those things and so that for me is where i've seen the most growth lord i'm just going to praise you even if i get through a whole day all i get through for my prayer is i'm praising god and asking for your will that is usually enough for me to feel satisfied and that's where i've seen the most growth in my prayers mm. fire <laughs> good good stuff uh man same same question to you steph man how have you grown in your prayer life and and man what was the biggest factor in in your growth yeah, so for me, um, <laughs> I think a lot of people who are just new to the Lord and just starting to know who he is and starting to know his word, it's like you want to step out in faith, and it's almost like you're testing the waters when you're first praying. It's like, okay, Lord, you said that you would provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory, because mm. I heard somebody else tell me that. Mm. So I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to just oh, I'm gonna just trust you, and let's see if you come through. And so I feel like our, our prayers kind of start that way, because you're like not quite sure about his character, because maybe you've heard about him, or you've learned about him, but uh. you haven't had time to get to know him. And so for me, um, I'll give you an example of like a scripture that I would stand on in faith. And there's nothing wrong with standing in faith, right? Faith pleases the Lord. It's impossible to please him without it. Um, but one of the things I used to tell myself when I first started serving in any capacity, okay, you said your children know your voice. So I'm your child. Therefore, I know your voice. So I would say that almost to convince myself that that was true. Well, over the years, the Lord has shown me, and honestly, this was like a relatively new revelation, which um, I'm a little sad to say, but the Lord even just showed me even this morning, he's like, you know what, my children know my voice, and he was using my own children as an example. He said, your children know your voice, Stephanie, not because you gave birth to them and they're biologically yours, they know your voice because they have been hardwired, children are hardwired to want to spend time with their parents, to desire mm. that closeness with them. 
There's not a single time in the word where it talks about us coming to him other than as children. We as children of God are hardwired to desire his presence and that closeness with him. And um, when he showed me that, that just blew my mind because I'm like, yeah, all these other things that should be following us as believers, right? Like walking out in faith and speaking his word and desiring to be in his word so you know what word to speak when you're coming up against something. That's born out of a relationship. Like miracles and signs and wonders. It says it follows the believer. It doesn't say it goes before you for you to chase after. It says it follows you. And the reason it follows you is because you have spent time cultivating a relationship with the Lord. So when you are stepping out and ministering according to his word, you've already spent time with the Father. You've already heard his voice. You already know what his voice sounds like because like children, you have desired to be close to him. Man, so all these things are just born out of relationship. That's so good. And I love, I love both because I think it, it speaks to what we need to understand about the word that really, man, we do need to praise the Lord and we do need to pray, you know, speak what his will is and not ours. And at the same time, man, we should have just that sincere desire just to be in his presence. And I think, man, that's, that's really the reason why prayer is so important. Why? It's because prayer really for us, and we need to recognize this, it's a conduit for us where we get to understand, um, man, where we can gain strength and we can gain confidence and we can gain peace and we can gain power. And, and, and what can happen is we actually, when we don't pray, we take ourselves out of the realm of gaining all of that in our lives. And so when we come up against situations where a lot of times we're, because we aren't praying, because we aren't praying, we're not even spending time in his presence and we're not praying as well, we get into situations and we are completely unprepared for what we're about to face. And, and what it shows us, right, because we are, yes, we're, we're, because we're only dealing in the natural and we're not dealing in the spiritual, we're wondering why are we struggling so much? What the reason why you're struggling is because you're trying to find a spiritual, you're trying to fight a spiritual fight in a natural position right, right. from a natural stance instead of saying, you know what? Actually, let me get into your spirit and understand who you are so that I'm not living from my weaknesses. Yeah, and let, let, me, let me explain what those are. Let me give you three. Here are some weaknesses that we think are strengths but are actually weaknesses. Here's one, right? Functioning and operating under your own strength. We think, hey, man, I can do this all by myself. Man, we think that's a strength. That's actually a weakness that you don't have anyone else on your team that can help you or that people in your life that can actually speak into you or that you're actually not relying on God. Right? You're relying on your own strength. That's a weakness. It's not a strength. Here's another one. Right? Lack of a true and consistent connection with God. Some people feel like, well, I can just go throughout the day. I don't really need God. Are you sure? That's, it's, it's not a strength. That's actually a weakness. Here's another one. Being willing participants in our own destruction because of our rebellious actions or our rebellious attitudes. Can I get an amen right there? Right? That's, we think that that's a strength. Well, I'm, I'm just a rebel. I'm just a rebel without a cause. I can do whatever I want. And we think that's a strength. No, actually, that's a weakness. What it shows you about yourself is that you can't surrender. 
which is literally the position. It's the place where we need to be when we come into contact with God. It's why we pray. It's saying, Lord, I recognize my position in in your position in my life, that you are actually the head. and, and, And really, I need to recognize that and then live according to that. And here's what happens when we pray. When we don't pray, we leave ourselves in a position of weakness and we live there. And some of us have gotten used to living there versus, and so when we go into fights, we're going into fights weak versus preparing ourselves for the battles that we're actually going to face, for the spiritual battles that we're going to go up against. And look, here's, here's a verse we read earlier, right? Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let me stop right there. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I don't care what your politics are. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. I don't care what your stances are on various subjects. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Who is it actually against? It's against the rulers and the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So a lot of times, man, we come, in, we, we come into battles focusing our attention on people and thinking, oh, I'm strong because I got in somebody's face and, and, and yelled. Actually, you already lost the battle in the spirit before you even showed up because you failed to get into God's presence and pray. Y'all hearing me today? So we have to make sure that we are doing the work to prepare ourselves in the spirit. You know why? Because you have an enemy that wants to keep you in a weak position. He's hoping that you'll stay there. He's wishing and hoping that you won't. I hope they don't pray. I mean, I, I, man, I'm, I'll be so great if they don't come in and lift their hands and worship, if they don't spend time just, man, just magnifying. I hope they don't do that because if they do, they'll understand what they actually have. Wow. They'll understand who they actually are, that they have spiritual armor and that they also have a spiritual weapon that's available to them, right? That they have something that they can actually fight the enemy with. But if we don't pray, if we don't spend time with God, we miss that point. And so we have to recognize that we have to fight this fight differently. You cannot fight spiritual evil with natural weapons. Right. You have to be in the spirit and you have to, you have to fight different. Look, Ephesians 6.10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Yes. It's not yours. And that's why we have to put on the full armor of God. Why? It's so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We're preparing ourselves for battle. And we need the Spirit to help us do that. We need the Spirit to help us do this. Let me ask you all this question. Right? We read Romans 8, 26, 27 earlier that says, and I'll ask you this step first. Right? It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Right? And we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Right? Can you give an example in your life of when the Holy Spirit helped you in your weakness or, man, or even with what to pray for? At times, maybe you didn't know what to pray. Yeah, um, I'll give a couple examples and I'll try try and keep it short. Um, So the first one is, like, when I was in a single season, guys, cherish that season. It is so sweet. And marriage is also so sweet. (laughs) But... When you're in your single season, you have all this time that maybe you don't recognize that you get that's uninterrupted with the Lord. 
I could drop whatever I wanted to do, go to a coffee shop, study the word, journal, pray for hours. I mean, it didn't even matter. Like, if that's what I wanted to do, I could do it. I thought that that was what it was going to look like when I got married and have children. <laughs> As wonderful, I know, right? Oh, sweet stuff. Um, as wonderful as my children are, there is not this nice, neat little cookie cutter time in my day to just bask in his presence and not hear him. Bam! Like, you know what I'm saying? There's just, it doesn't exist, okay? Mm. So I'm just letting you know, those of you single in the room, just be prepared. Just take this time now to do that. But something that I started to ask the Lord, I'm like, I would get really frustrated. I tried waking up super early in the morning. I'd try staying up really late to like have that time with the Lord. It just was not working. And then the Lord is like, just take those Selah moments, that pause and reflect moments. And so I've been asking the Lord, like, show me what it looks like to spend time with you and to keep my mind stayed on you in the middle of chaos. Because if you've been alive for more than 60 seconds, you're going to find out that life is not neat, like nice and neat. And like, it's not going to defer to you, right? The distractions in your life are not going to be like, wow, you know what? It looks like Tova needs like a good, like 30 minutes to herself. And I'm not going to bring any distractions or any thoughts. And I'm going to just keep that time open for her. Uh, no, we need to learn what it looks like to battle and to take those moments secluded with the Lord in the middle of chaos, because life just won't defer to you. That's good. Um, but the second example, when you were asking about like what we don't know what to pray for, um, the word is very clear about that there's two experiences of the Holy Spirit. There's an indwelling when you first get saved and the Holy Spirit comes to live on, side, or on the inside of you. And then the second one is the infilling of the Holy Spirit where there's evidence of praying in other tongues. And I'm a firm believer in having that in my personal prayer life. And there was one time specifically, I remember being in my room, this was in my single season, and I had all this time to pray. And all of a sudden there was just this really intense, um, almost like call to action to pray for somebody that I just knew in my spirit was battling suicide. I just, I know it was a young person. I knew it was a male and it was just really intense. And so I just started praying and standing in the gap for that person, praying in the spirit for them. But there's no way I would have known that in the natural. I have no idea who that person is. I still to this day don't know who that is. I will one day, but that is like the incredible access that we have through the Holy Spirit to be able to pray things that you would not be able to know That's in good. the natural. That's good. That's good. And I, I think a lot of times, Steph, right, we, we think that we can do the same thing in the spiritual sometimes that we do in the natural, that, that the things that we don't do, right, in the, in the natural, that we don't have to do them in the spiritual. But actually, we need both. We have to actually need to be fighting. We need to suit up in our armor to make sure that we aren't weak or vulnerable in the areas of our lives. Um, I, I love uh, Ephesians 6.13 that says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, right? And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, right? You're taking up the shield of faith, right? To extinguish the hours of the evil one. You're putting on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and, and as you said, Steph, right? Praying in the spirit, taking that time to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Um, and, and just the importance of that, that in the natural, we use armor to protect ourselves against weakness and against vulnerability, 
right? And, and, and we put them on our body to fight. And, and even though weapons, like a sword, is an extension of that armor to defend ourselves, right? And to defeat the attack of our opponent, right? And so we have to, right? We do it in the natural. We also need to do it in the spirit. Yeah. We have to make sure that, look, if I was going to suit up to come to battle in the natural, I need to suit up to come to battle in the spirit yeah. as well. So I need to put on all this gear and make sure that I have it on so that when I go into battle, that I'm not going in with my weaknesses exposed, right. but actually because of my interaction with the Holy Spirit, that now I am protected and I have something that I can fight with, yeah. something that I can use in the battle in war. And so let me ask you this, Jamar, right? Do you pray in the spirit? What does that look like? What's that level of importance, right? In praying in the spirit in your life. And, and man, and even how does that, how does wearing the spiritual armor, how does that help you in, in your life? Sure. So as far as praying in the spirit, uh, and, and praying in tongues, I have done before. I need to do more of it. Hmm. And, uh, I recognize that there's a lot of value and power there. Hmm. Um, one of the things that I was challenged a lot by in studying this particular passage uh, and just studying the armor of God in, in, in general, it, you see that everything that it says, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the, the shield and all this other stuff, that's all defensive. Hmm. The one thing that we're given, we're not given a rocket launcher or we're not given a magic wand. We're given a sword, you know, and, and it says rocket launcher. Oh. <laughs> we're given the sword of the spirit. And I was like, OK, that's cool. But it says, which is the word of God. And it's like, that's not even something that I'm wielding. It's really just me speaking something. Wow. And so there's been times, as I mentioned before, in the first service, I'm not a guy who shows a lot of emotion and stuff like mm. that, but uh, there's been times when I just was like, God, I don't have the words to say. I don't know who, I know I need to talk to Pastor Kevin or I need to talk to one of my best friends. I don't even have the words to put it together. I remember one time I was driving to work in the morning, which is all the time when I go to work, it's in the morning, but I was driving <laughs> to work and I just got hit and I just cried out. Hmm. And it was in that moment when I released it to the Holy Spirit, he did his job according to what it says in, in the book of John. He was the comforter and he, yes. what did he do? And what he's done consistently for me is simply speak the word of God. The words that I've been reading in my Bible for, for years and years. And those things, those were key milestone moments where it changed my trajectory. Cause I could have stayed in my stuff, but when I said, I don't even know what to do. I'm just crying out to you. Holy spirit, fill me Lord God. I'm giving you the issue. And in those moments, he just simply spoke the word. And on the outside, all he did was speak the word. It was transformational because it reaffirmed who I was, so good. that I had meaning, that I was not, as the great poet once said, definitionless. And that really redirected and, and caused me to be where I am right now. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to talk to people about. After, afterwards, I would talk to Pastor Kevin. Why don't you just say that? Like, I didn't even know what to say. And, and so I recognized the value of, of just getting in the spirit and, and knowing the word of God and being able to utilize and wield that uh, with skill. And you just got to sometimes you got to train. I love that. I, and I love I love that last point, you know, about training, because I, I think it, what can happen is a lot of times, right, we come into a fight unprepared. Right. It's, it's, it's the worst thing to come into a fight unprepared. You come into a gunfight with a, with a butter knife. We talked about that in week one. Right. But but just that that level of importance of spending time in the word and praying those things out. Right. I, I love that. You know, my mom's teach us, hey, you, I, I want you 
to read the word now so that when you face times of trouble, that those words will actually flow out of you, what you spoke of. Um, And that's preparation, right? That's consistently going to the word and consistently making sure that we're putting on that armor consistently so that, man, look, the day of evil is going to come, but I'm already prepared for it. I'm not waiting for the day to come, right? I'm ready when it's already here. I'm already in the fight, preparing myself for that so that when that spiritual attack comes, man, I've, I've got my sword of the spirit. I've got my breastplate of righteousness. So when, when the enemy tries to attack those specific areas in my life, he tries to come at my chest and, and, and my identity, that I've already been prepared for that. I've looked into the word and seen exactly what it says about that. So, man, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Right? I, I, if I can give an example, it's like, I don't know if y'all all have seen a good Rocky movie, right? And there's always my favorite part of every Rocky movie, and there's one in every one, is the montage in the middle. Come on, right? Right at the climax. Rocky, Rocky's on there. Right? And he's lifting up stuff. Right? He's got wood and he's just, you know, sweating and eating eggs and all stuff. Right? What is he doing? He is preparing for the fight. And we need to be the same way. And look, and you might feel like you look crazy. You know, you're, you're, you got your word of God and you, you know, you're in your garage preparing the word or you're reading and you're doing all that you can. But you know what? When you get into the fight, you are prepared for the fight. And we need to make sure that we are doing the work to be prepared on every occasion. And that every time that we are praying with the Spirit and making all types of requests and all those things, right, that, that preparation and prayer is boot camp. That's what it is, right? You are living for the fight. You are literally doing that, right? I love, right in the song, sorry, it doesn't make a difference, right, if you're ready or not. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're, you're, you're not ready. Sometimes you're going to feel like you are ready. The enemy's not going to stop either way. He's going to come at you whether you're ready or not. And so you have to be prepared in season and out of season to fight. Be ready to fight. Steph, I know there's people here who have probably felt like, man, I'm under spiritual attack or I've been under spiritual attack or I feel like there's even one on the way. What would, what would you give them as advice? Like, what's your advice for them, man, when they feel like they're going to be under attack from the enemy? Man, what do you do or what should they do when they feel like they're in that position? Wow, that's a good question. Um, so in those times when you're feeling like you're coming under something, well, first of all, <laughs> I'm going to say this. Um, when you feel like there's a spiritual attack coming, like, first of all, before they even come, start asking the Lord to show you what is a spiritual attack? Mm. There have been quite a few that came up for me this week and it all coincided with even just starting with being asked to do this this weekend. And then immediately there was something that was coming to be a distraction. And it's, it's interesting. I didn't even plan on saying this. The word distraction in the Greek is talking about being pulled. Like there was a torture method where they pulled the person in all opposite directions. So their legs are going out this way. Their arms are going out. I mean, until their body snapped. That is the word distraction. Hmm. When the enemy is coming in like a distraction, he is trying to pull your attention everywhere else except your foundation. So when you're coming up against the enemy, first of all, you need to know that it's an attack because I'm going to tell you something. He's going to come in really sneaky. He doesn't make an alarm. He doesn't make the sounds and like, hey, I'm coming to check you. Just let you know. He doesn't do that. When he comes at you, it's going to sound like some truth. 
But it's not. It's an, it might be an element of something that That's was good. true, but it is not truth. And you better know what the word says about you and especially your identity. The enemy will always come and attack your identity before anything else. Because if he can get you to believe that you don't have the position that you have in Christ, which by the way, if you didn't know what that is, the word says that you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Mm. Okay, That is your position. That is your birthright when you call on the name of Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. That position is irrevocable. The Bible says that he cannot, that no man can snatch you out of his right hand. It is a mighty right hand. Guys, I don't even know where this, it is a mighty right hand. No man can snatch you out. And for that matter, a defeated enemy can have no place to snatch you out hey. either. Okay? So when you have an attack like that, first of all, ask the Lord to show you, give you eyes to see that it is a spiritual attack. So then you know how to come up against it. The second thing that you really want to do is build yourself and build your um, knowledge in the word. Man, if you know one scripture, the Bible says that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. That is enough to dismantle any attack of the enemy. If he comes to try and tell you that you are less than where you're positioned, now you know the scripture where it says, I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You can take that lie back to where you came from. Okay? The third thing that you want to do is you want to spend time in his presence. You want to know what the Lord says about you. Yes, you learn that through scripture, but man, when you're spending time in his presence, he will download to you. He will show you his great love love and his great compassion towards you. And it's like, if my heavenly father thinks this much of me, who cares what anyone else is saying about me? That's not even anywhere near the truth. The truth that has been spoken about you cannot be displaced by a little lie. It's good. Okay. Fuego, 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 fuego. Good, good, good. <laughs> Man, and I, I love this part. You said recognizing that you are already in the fight that we're at war, right? We're already in, you are in the spiritual battle. You might not know it, but you're at war. You are engaged in spiritual warfare. I love 2 Corinthians 10.35 and you, 10.35 and you reference this a little bit, where it says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does, yeah. right? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. They are, that's power given from God to demolish strongholds. And so you said it perfectly, right? We demolish arguments. There's anything the enemy might say against who you are and, 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 and any pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against what the word says about you. And we take captive all of those thoughts and we make them obedient to Christ. It's so important. And I, and I think it's, it's such a good point, Stephanie. I'm, I'm glad you went there because I, I think the fact we should know, we need to know, but the fact that the enemy is trying to come at you so strong, yeah. the fact that you have been pulled into a battle, he's trying so hard to defeat you, to discredit you, to discourage you, right? To try to put you down, to, to destroy your dream or your God-given vision lets you know that your victory is imminent. If the enemy is fighting me so bad, it must me mean that I am somebody bad. <laughs> come on. It must mean that there is something inside of me that is worth the enemy spending time to come and try to defeat me. But you know what that lets me know? That I've already gotten the victory. I already have it because of what the Lord says about me. And, and, and let me ask you this, Jamar, right? Have you ever had a moment 
And we all have this, where we get these moments where we forget what the Lord says about us. Man, give us, man, just an example of a moment where maybe you felt your faith or your spiritual weapons weren't strong enough. Man, how did you overcome that? Man, how do you maintain your faith going forward? Sure. So there's been a couple of points in my life uh, where I felt like my weapons were defective or not effective hmm. or not strong enough. Um, but I just, I just love going back to the word. And this passage, I've shared this before at the church. I love this. It, it takes place in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. Moses sent the 12 spies into the promised mm -hmm. land. It was like, check this place out, but don't go through the valley. Go along the mountain pass. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of the spies, they all went and they, they're like, man, this place is great. But the majority of them, I think it was 10 of them, they saw the grapes. They saw the, the land was overflowing with milk and honey. But then they saw men that were like giants. And they were like, our weapons aren't good enough to defeat them. It says, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. Wow. But Caleb, yeah. he, he, he followed Moses' instruction. Yeah. And this is why you have to have a, a mountaintop perspective. Yeah, come on, he said, Moses, we could beat them. We're going to follow the Lord because we went, we went along the path of the mountain. We saw the grapes. We saw the milk and honey. We saw the men that were like giants and their amazing physiques and stuff. But we saw beyond that because from a military perspective, when you're up high, you have a vantage point. That's a strategic place. And that's why everybody in here, whether you're a military historian or not, you know, you want to gain the high ground. And so for me, what really changed my perspective is not having a temporary perspective, but having an eternal perspective and when you get up on the mountaintop when you go up and take the high ground and you go where god has declared where you're supposed to go hallelujah lord god then you could see beyond you can see have vision that you can cast you can see destiny you can see what's man i just got in an accident lord my car broke down i feel so this happened like two months ago i feel so embarrassed lord god people are driving by no but that's temporary those are like steph said distractions but wow. when i have an elevated perspective when i say eternity's at stake for some people. I need to have an eternity yeah. perspective. Then things can change because I look down. Yes, I see the problems. I see the, oh man, that's just a little speed bump because I could see the victory just on by and by. That's so wow. Good. So good. <laughs> look, and, we're, and we're, we're, we're just about done here, but uh, these two, they just set it off. Um, I, I love that, Jamar, and I, and I love that for this reason, and, and, I, and I think it's such an important point before, before we close out here, is that so many people get into a, to a position when they are attacked, and you spoke to this very well, that it feels like literal hell is breaking loose in your life, and it feels like, man, it just feels like an explosion of emotion, an explosion of fear, of doubt, of worry, and, and, and that's why I, I love you know, what we've been talking about today, because I, I think we need to recognize also the power of the spirit and why the one offensive weapon that we have is the word of God. Yeah. And we pray in the spirit to activate that weapon. Right. And, 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 and we also have to recognize, OK, when I activate that weapon, when I use it in a spiritual battle, what is the result? What occurs for me when I do that? And, and it, it brought me to this verse, Galatians 5, 22. And we know this, right? But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of interacting with the Spirit is what for us? It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So all those things that we battle in the natural in our daily lives, we have the Spirit 
to counteract exactly what the enemy is going to try to use against us. And the Lord has literally given us armor against the enemy's attack, but he's also given us a weapon as well. And we have to use it. And so what, what's the point of today is to encourage you to be prepared. Right? I remember when I was growing up, it used to be a commercial, be prepared. Are you ready to take the fall? Right? They was talking about the army. That was, that was, they were telling people, hey, be prepared. It was, it was a, it was a commercial for the army. They wanted to make sure that, look, we know the battle is coming. And in many instances, it's already here. And so before the battle even gets here, we all need to be prepared. We need to be prepared because the enemy, it's not if he's going to attack, it's when. It's when he's going to attack that we need to be prepared for that. And I want to read, man, just this last verse as we close. It's Philippians 1.6, because maybe you've done some things and you've come up against that attack and it has defeated you, or you felt defeated, or you felt weak, or you felt like you weren't prepared, or you felt like, man, your, your armor was penetrable. But Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So if there's been something that you've been praying for, if there's been something that you've walked into or that you've been believing for, now is the time to recognize that the Lord is going to work it all the way out. And that no matter what attack the enemy tries to bring your way, that it's going to be completed in the Lord. And so Jamar, if you will, just take a moment here to pray for somebody that, that, that might be in the place where they've been attacked or they're under attack and they feel like maybe they are weak or they, man, they felt like, man, everything I'm doing is, is just being destroyed and it seems like the enemy is winning. Can you just pray for all of us in the room or those watching online who might be going through that and, and man, just, just and to encourage and, and assure us of what the Lord says about us. Sure. Lord God, in Matthew chapter 24, you spoke about certain things that we may have to face, certain persecutions. We see in your own life, as you began your ministry, while you were fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy tried to attack and attempt you, Lord God. So we know if it's going to happen to you, it's, it's going to happen to us. So we need to recognize we're in for a fight, but we live for that, God. As soldiers, we live for the fight. We don't just live to train. We live for the fight, God. And so the, the, the amazing thing about this is that we know that if we are being attacked, we have some sort of strategic value. A sniper's not gonna take us, try to uh, assault uh, an infantry. They wanna go after the generals. They wanna go after those who have positions of power to tr completely disrupt what the opposition is doing. So Lord God, if we're feeling attacked by the enemy, Lord God, if we're feeling weighted down, if we're feeling, Lord God, that we are, are overburdened or, or that our, our, our instruments uh, that we use to fight are not good enough, Lord God, help us to go back to basics. Get us back in boot camp. Help us to sharpen our weapons, Lord God. Help us to go and train, Lord God. Help us to get soaked and saturated in your word, Lord God. Help us to be girded up by the belt buckle of truth, Lord God. Help us to have that breastplate of righteousness, Lord God, and to have the shield of faith, Lord God, and, and the helmet of salvation, Lord God, and the sandals of peace, Lord God. And, and most importantly, help us to wield that sword of the spirit, which is your word. Help us to wield it with expertise, Lord God. Help us to wield it accurately, God, and help us to move 
move on. Help us to speak as you spoke to the enemy, Lord God. You spoke the word and the devil fleed, Lord God. It says, resist the enemy and he will flee. So for those who are under attack, those that are struggling, Lord, help us to recognize we're going to be attacked, but we were built for this. And Lord God, we don't have to, to get ready because we're going to stay ready, Lord God. So fill us up, God. Fill us up with your word. Allow us to pray in the spirit on all sorts of occasions, Lord God. Help us to be encouraged by one of one another, Lord God. Help us not to be isolated, but to be in community, God. We thank you. We praise you, Lord God. And we submit our lives to you. You've given us a mission. Help us to have a missional mindset as we're here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.